Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com and use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo Decoded Report, Personalized Cannabinoid and Terpene Suggestion, Endo Aligned Product Matching in Your State, Suggested Dosage Guidelines, and Optimum Methods of Administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeca Soft Gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeca Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. Hey, music lovers. The Cannamom Show podcast, in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars, is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at LampkinGuitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N-Guitars.com. Today is Cannabis Legalization News. The Biden pardon portal has opened. You can now apply for a president's pardon for a low-level marijuana offense, at least at the federal level, and more. We will cover Lawmakers proposing to eliminate a THC tax. News from Minnesota, Oklahoma's voting for legalization next week. We even have Prince Harry news regarding privacy and cannabis. There's some topless thing that happened in Massachusetts. And then we're going to talk about God and pot. Have that name that strain and stick around later in the week. We will have a 420 somewhere for you. Let's get into it. What's happening, everybody? Thank you for joining us, those legalizers who come to watch Cannabis Legalization News. You can yes. find me at CannabisIndustryLawyer.com. And that's Miggy. We had a pretty big week. The portal is open. Yeah. Yeah. Now people can actually apply for their pardons. The Biden pardons. The Biden pardons. It's not just for political votes anymore, evidently. Justice Department website opens 
portal for those seeking presidential pardon certificates. This came out on Friday, March the 3rd of 2023, after a several month delay. The website began accepting these and then uh, the press release from Normal mentions that it could be nearly 7,000 Americas that would be eligible for relief. 7,000, so, you got to start somewhere. I know, I'm just being... Yeah, it's nice. And I know some people have been like longtime activists. I've seen a recent post. There's always progressive reform going on that we just don't see all the time. Um, so yeah, shit's happening. I, I really want to see what the two department directives that he stated, what they come up with about the scheduling, because that would be huge. You, yeah, we'll see on that, but then we can go over on yeah. this little program right here. Cannabis legalization news, the actual thing. Because they released it and then we dug through it and this is it. This is the link to the certificate of pardon for the offense of simple possession of marijuana on or before October 6th, 2022 must've been when he, um, made his executive order. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's the process, right? There's a link tells about how to get in there and how to get involved. There's all this information. They say, here's the stuff that you need. And then you can request it online through this website. And so if we continue to scroll down and then you get to, into the actual form itself, first name, contact, how do you want to be contacted, regular mail or email, phone number, date and place of birth, gender and race, citizenship status, about the charge, and then supporting documentation, a little upload. And then of course, a verification so that you promise that you're not lying to the United States on this form. You sign it, you hit say, I am not a robot, and then you hit go. I've seen a lot of people disgruntled too about the whole, obviously the simple possession clause that he stated. People are saying, I don't want to go out of my way and apply for this. It's not even a crime originally, right? Like I shouldn't be asking for forgiveness for something that I shouldn't have done, but for whatever reasons, getting this off your record could help for what loans, any other part of process, paperwork that you have to file stuff, do credit. Oh, I'm sure it could help for a lot of things. And then yeah. it's, it's the right thing to do. Of course. Exactly. Yeah, man. This is the right thing to do. Yes, it is. And uh, that's our main story for the week. It's pretty straightforward. That just, it's out there. And there are 7,000 Americans that need to hit that page right there. So I think maybe we should drop this link. This link, yes. by the way, is in our description. So if you're watching this on the YouTubes, it's in our description. As you're chatting along, there's a link to the page. So forward that along to somebody who has a low level federal cannabis offense. That's where you can get it pardoned. And the great thing about stuff that we talk about here is always, it's something that you can Google, right? In the beginning, remember we put links and try to be all transparency about things and we get flagged and because YouTube's evolving mm -hmm. policies about everything. So YouTube's evolving policies on everything. Yeah. Especially when it comes to a cannabis topic. Anything that we talk about though, you can easily find the, just do a Google search. That's right. But let's look at this aspect of what a pardon is versus like other, mm. I'm not a criminal lawyer. I'm strictly commercial. So if you need like C-Corps and docs and stuff, how a pardon can help you. A pardon is ex an expression of the president's forgiveness. It does not signify innocence or expunge the conviction, but it may remove civil disabilities, such as restrictions on the right to vote, hold office, or sit on a jury that are mm. imposed because of the pardon conviction. It may also be helpful in obtaining licenses, bonding, or equipment. Learn more about the pardon, and then that is a link, by the way. Yeah, fingers crossed, and good luck to you for getting it done. Why yeah, not? I mean, it just it took them October, November. 
December, January, February. And then you look at what the, that the website actually looks like. And it is the simplest HTML page that's out there. There's not a picture. Is there a picture even on this? No, there's like a logo at the top of the U S department of justice. Yeah, that's it. And it's like a web form, but it's because they don't have to sell nothing. They're just, this is just a basic form for you to fill out and get out of jail. Right. Government speed at the federal level for a basic web form is October, November, (laughs) December, January, and February. It is a five month wait for a basic web form from the United States government. Probably started out as an Excel file, worked its way up. I'm sure that it complies with all of the things that it has to be in compliance for. To show the, how long, cause we talk about this all the time about like just the legalization in the process, right? Then our next story is something that kind of slipped out of me here in Washington state. Like, I didn't see it. I saw, we had several other stories like homegrown again. Died in committee again. Yeah. Homegrown uh, died in committee, but we do. Yeah. Our next story is out of Washington State, and it's pretty cool. Why don't you yeah. make that one, Miggy? I'll put it up on the screen, and then you can go about it. Let's do it. All right, let me hit this. So the Washington State Senate votes to legalize interstate com- marijuana commerce, and this is just more of a uh, uh, making motions because it's, no matter what, when you cross state lines, it becomes a federal issue. Right. Yeah, but they're enforcing the federal crime anyway. It, if we go back to the Gonzalez v. Rage case, which was from almost 20 years ago now, it doesn't matter because that said that, that purely in-state action can still be regulated for interstate powers. And so the reason mm. why Congress has made it a Schedule One substance is through its interstate power to regulate its Article One Commerce Clause powers. And then that's just fascinating, that completely in-state aspect is still a federal regulation of interstate commerce. And now they're trying to say, okay, you'll be able to get interstate commerce in the future. It was approved 40 to 8 in the Senate to approve a bill to eventually allow marijuana businesses to engage in interstate commerce. And it would allow other legal states to permit imports and exports between only licensed cannabis companies, which makes us just stress this. It is important to have a cannabis license. So Remember, yeah. apply for those cannabis licenses. If it could be any legal industry, whether it be alcohol or, or even, I don't know, trucking, whatever it is, you're going to have rules. You meet your payroll obligations and all the other things that you have to abide by. But this shows 10 years in the legalization, nine years of actual industry running. We're just catching up to be doing interstate or even, like I said, homegrown just died again. But yet we've had some stuff go through the Senate, like they're doing, they're going to try and do arrest protections that pass through for uh, employment. And, uh, but there's also people still trying to cap it, the TAC stuff here. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. But here's, the, this is foreshadowing of federal regulations. So under this bill, it's SB 5069, products that come from out of state businesses, because you can't just allow it being a one-way street, we can export, but you can't, you can't come in. That would violate the dormant commerce clause. Products that come from out-of-state businesses will be required to comply with Washington regulations, including those related to packaging and labeling. Therefore, there needs to be a federal rules of the road for cannabis. What type of labeling do we need to have? What type of pesticides are completely banned nationwide? And then once you have that federal structure, everybody knows the rules. Everybody's playing the same game. Right. I don't know. Maybe another decade. Maybe 15 if, years. Hopefully, hopefully we get it right another decade because 
alcohol prohibition was what, 15 years after any of that? Oh, alcohol prohibition was 1933, and I have no idea how long it took them to get that all worked out. I was not there at the time. Oh, no, but I've heard just through history, it's 15 years for the, once the rules happen, so the actual industry being in fruition, having those rules over every state where, like in Washington state, where we only test certain things for medical versus recreational, still the same plant, still the same human body. I don't understand why we can't get this just even platitude of what it is. Oh, because if you're for something, this country is large enough that somebody else will be against. That's true, but this is a nonpartisan issue. And there's a little bit of deference to the federal law as well. However, it would only take effect under one of two conditions. One, there's a federal law change to allow for interstate transfer of cannabis between legal businesses. Or two, if the Department of Justice issues an opinion allowing or tolerating marijuana commerce across state lines, which is just hilarious. Like, first, maybe they'll change the law to say what we're doing and they're not stopping us from doing is fine. Or second, maybe they won't make the law, but the administration will say, we don't care if you do it. And they've done that before. With the passing of this, really, couldn't this also, like, it's this power of the state to enforce any sort of, like, enforcement, law enforcement, right? So... If there's some state product that comes across from Nevada or Oregon, because we border just a little corner section of, uh, I think Nevada right there by Oregon area. And right. there's two markets right there that can come across without going through any other states involving. And so when that product arrives in the state, wouldn't that technically be legal as long as there's a mandated rule saying, okay, here's your requirements for out-of-state products. This labeling, this testing, and the COAs, of course. But then, of course, there are taxes or fines that they're going to have to pay when they, just to be involved in the market, right? Because they're going to get, what do you call it? They're going to be fighting for shelf space. They're not fighting for the garden. Garden's so, already here. Yeah. They fight for shelf space even now in every state. Yeah. But yeah. cross state line shelf space is just, it'd be another. Washington State really doesn't have any brands outside of Washington State as they, I don't know. They're they slower. Kinda, they're slower yeah. because they did it. They siloed them. And so you could be a grower or you could be a retail. You couldn't do both. And that's why I think that the, the multi-state thing is not really so much like you, you got a, your client now is one in, in Illinois and one in Washington. There's right. another, then they're all dispensaries. It's not like grows are the ones that are being, so far. there's no cookies coming out of Washington state that I've heard of. Yeah. And that's the problem with it, but. Things are all different in different states. Like Washington state's kind of like New York and how they're doing their stuff where they're trying to segment it between them. And then New York, have, we do have some more New York news. That happened this week that they just announced another 150 of the card license holders. And how mm. did you apply for that license? You applied for the previous round of 150, which they never mentioned this other new round of 150. And that's why you always apply. Wow. They, they did the same thing in Illinois. It's going to be like, hey, we're going to issue 75 licenses, 192 licenses later. It was the first round. Those were the first people and the only people in the consideration for those other hundred and some odd licenses that came after. So that's going to be a lawsuit coming, right? Oh, no. Not to open up. It took forever. That lawsuit grown through the courts and it's over now, but it did. It took forever. And it, now there's a new round we applied, but they shouldn't have done that. Like we should have gotten on that second round. Yeah. But it, they do this in every state where it's a limited market. So it's a, they're kind of like, Looking at you, Minnesota or Maryland or even Missouri, 
get in this first round because that first round might be second round and third round. And speaking of getting in and the rounds, right now, Washington State does have a window open for 43, I believe, equity retail. And you got to qualify, though. Go to the website, follow the process because it's beyond just the two qualify, two out of three qualifiers. Because I did go through the process and it takes you to like, you have to register with the Washington Mm -hmm. State Secretary of State, create a pretend LLC that you're going to do. And then it tells you how to, like, what buttons to click within that process. And if you don't follow it, you're going to mess up because I did. But then when I realized I don't qualify anyways, because I only meet one out of the three requirements. You need all three? Huh? You need all three? You need three three. Two out of three. three? Okay. Yeah. So close, man. And that's the thing. Like, you're not social equity enough. But yet you're social equity enough in Illinois and New Jersey. It's a weird rubric that's going on in legalizing cannabis all over the United States with the states acting as the laboratory of democracy because there is no federal guidance. However, we have some international news, but I'm not going to use that bumper. I want to do a shit that I wasn't expecting bumper. Yeah. This one snuck up on us. A cocaine Canadian bear has issued a press release. Evidently, a a Canada cannabis company, Ad Estrat, has gotten permission to sell cocaine. This is exactly what happened to that bear. It it was a Canadian bear, by the way. And it's also psilocybin. Yeah, the cocaine one just stands out. But as we're talking about the uh, American legalization and the way we're doing the process, Canada's in fucking 2040. Yeah. British Columbia-based cannabis company Adstrada Labs has been approved by Health Canada to possess, produce, sell, and distribute cocaine, psilocybin, and psiloclin. I've never heard of that one. P-S-I-L-O-C-I-N. Psilocin. Yes. The company received its controlled drug substances dealer's license for the psychedelics in August, according to the news release. Which is, it's crazy to think about this, but... And it's not talked about, dude, because I've supported as a business technician in Wyoming. There's a place that makes liquid cocaine, topical liquid cocaine. These people work in these vatting machines and, and create this stuff. And I met more people with secondhand skin diseases and whatnot because they're in contact. No matter how much hazmat they wear, they're good, it's going to affect them. Regulation would be helpful, though, right? We can put a process to all this. But it doesn't stop all the bad stuff, but it would stop most of it. It would be helpful. Regulation is better than no regulation. But look at this possession limit they got slapped with. The dealer's license allows the company to possess, produce, sell, and distribute for legal purposes only and not to consumers up to 250 grams, which is 8.8 ounces, according to the release, of cocaine, and to import and manufacture coca leaves to create synthetics. That is not very much cocaine. And you're not allowed to sell it to consumers. So I guess it's just for research purposes only. Research purpose cocaine. I'd imagine that's what's going to be happening. Like you said, it's not enough for to be a business, right? It would be a fully, but to definitely for research purposes and to note and annotate. All this is a big experiment to most people. Even though the hippie's been talking about legalization, just how we see and treat drugs versus uh, we can't arrest our way out of this, right? They, can't, they aren't going to be able to peddle their way out of it either with uh, so little cocaine, but then they gave some information about the company itself. Formerly called 
FITO Extractions, Estrada Holdings trades as something on the Canadian Stock Exchange. Estrada shares were trading at 90 cents when the market closed on Thursday. The cannabis extraction, distillation, and manufacturing focus company produces concentrates. And according to its most recent earnings report, the company had working capital deficiency of $2.8 million. But don't worry, it's Canadian, so it's actually only about 80 cents of that, which is great. How's your company going? Fine. Small hole in our working capital. How much? Just $2.8 million. Yeah, Canadian. It's just, again, and I know like most people in the legalization topic when it comes to cannabis, that's been my focus has been cannabis because it's an easier no-brainer. But overall, just how we view drugs, coffee's a drug. Like I, I'm so bitchy without a cup of coffee or I'm just slugging or making excuses. I prefer to wake up. I don't really like to slap myself and take a cold shower, like a nice fresh roasted cup of coffee, read my paper and then go to the gym. But it's all chemical addictions that we have different ones and this is how we need to like avoid all this addiction right people are just not facing the drugs the way they could be or should be look it was ecuador that has it all legalization and uh perhaps i'm not sure or something it is 20 past the hour out there so we're gonna take a brief commercial interlude and i will remind you it's 420 somewhere so Feel free to smoke if you got them. All right, man. Last week, we made up some new stuff in this weed. It is expensive to get a cannabis license. I don't care if you go through me over at CannabisIndustryLawyer.com or one of my competitors that have, maybe they're out of Colorado. And one of the things that I like to do is educate people. And so this is one of our educational products. Last week, we wrote a NJ conversion application, a New Jersey conditional conversion application. We've added this to our product, how to write a winning cannabis business license. And so now you could, it's how many? This is about 25, 30 minutes of stuff. Of course, we condense it because it actually takes a couple of hours to actually write these exhibits. Sure. But now check out our course, how to write a winning cannabis business license application. It has been updated to give you another example of writing a, an actual exhibit from a license that will, it'll work. The guy's going to win. It's New Jersey. If we were doing it in Illinois, we'd just crunch all the page numbers and make sure that we really got all the points. That's the kind of the name of the game. When you're writing these applications, you get all the points. Sure. But is it also depending on the state? Because and also the time frame of the state, like we just applied for that license for recently that cost two fifty, which is not a bad. It's not so much owning the license that's expensive, but the creating the business that's also the expensive part. Yes and no. And so, like in you Missouri, know. it's going to be expensive to get it in the lottery. In Ohio, is expensive to get into the lottery. In Illinois, it was really cheap to get into the lottery this year. In New York, it was really cheap to get into the card lottery as well, which didn't turn out to be actually a lottery. And and then in New yeah. Jersey. It requires a 140-page application to be able to get in. So it, it still takes time to write all these things in 140 pages. It's just the narrative. It's not the whole thing. For example, over in Florida, their narrative is 170 pages. In yeah. Illinois, it's narrative. So if we win, then we're going to need to write an application that's about 400 pages for an Illinois dispensary. Yeah. It's all involved, right? It's not a simple just check for the most part. Arizona and Ohio are close to that. But yeah. 
even in New Mexico, like that application, maybe like 25, 30 pages. Mm -hmm. You just have to, you have to do what they say and then fill it all out correctly. And then in some states, they require a lot of information to even get into the lottery. So that's why Missouri yeah, yeah. is going to be, and you need the real estate in Missouri. No, and, that's crazy. It is, but that's why we make these types of things because of how expensive it is. And so sometimes people are like, oh, I could write my app myself. Okay, sure. Go buy that. I'll teach you how to write the app. And then come back after this is taking forever. Can you just do this for me? Yeah, no problem. And that's why like with the social equity in Washington, really, if I had someone else to do it, if I could pay a thousand dollars out of pocket on top of it, but since I don't qualify, I'm not even, let's be honest, but definitely you need to pay attention when you're, if you're going to put yourself out there like that. Heck Yeah. And we, is this out of New York? What's the next story? The lawmakers propose eliminating THC tax. That's every a, fucking state, dude. It I could mean, be, but not this time. This one is for New York. Hang on, I have to write down. There was the 20 past. And now we're at 23. All right. New York story is next. Yeah, this is craziness. All right. Yeah. Lawmakers proposals. Go for it. I'm clicking buttons. You go for it. <laughs> so lawmakers propose eliminating the TAC tax. So this is a good one though, right? If they're eliminating TAC tax? Yeah, I think it is a good one as the taxes are one of the THC potency tax. Yeah. The legislation sponsored by the assembly majority leader, Crystal People Stokes, it would increase the excise tax on adult use marijuana from nine to 16% while repealing the potency tax on the THC in adult use marijuana. The potency tax would have been paid by shops purchasing cannabis from distributors. Under the proposal by this, this new bill, the taxes would now be paid entirely by consumers when they purchase the goods. So this is good for the industry in the sense that they haven't put tax on the back of the industry, but it's, yeah. it's now on the back of the consumers and they've raised the taxes from nine to 16%. So they've, I love the headline on it because it's one of those things where You'd think they were lowering the taxes. They aren't yeah. lowering the taxes though. The taxes are actually going up. Yeah. And they're making you pay it, as opposed to the guy who has the license to print money and grow weed. Instead, the consumers will pay it. See, it says no other state in the country has implemented the potency tax on adult use cannabis that New York state has. People Stokes wrote in her legislative justification upon reflection, this tax is excessively complex, costly to cannabis enterprises, and will lead to shopping for the best lab results. That's true. And furthermore, such attacks and burdens that fall disproportionately on small business and social equity applicants. That's right. it's bullshit. Just how they're fucking taxing the shit out of this plant. Anyways, they have to tax the crap out of it. That's all they know. Tax and spend. It is the <laughs> legislator's way. The amount of tax though, what other product out there has this kind of tax on it? Right? What other consumable product rather? Cause I'm yeah. sure cars and boats and shit have their high taxes. Is there like high-end truffles out there that are getting this burden? No, it's just this plant that's been villainized for over a hundred years. There's one, perhaps one, tobacco. How's tobacco taxed? And so I'm wondering yeah. if tobacco is, here's tobacco and cigarette tax by state and the PACT Act. You have to comply with that. And see, the, I'm mean, going to got it to the cookies. California's taxes per pack is $202.87. Alabama's tax per pack, 67 cents. Go to Washington because we have the syntax on there and a pack that would cost 
five bucks and five dollars is the highest one so far I've seen out of DC. At DC, it's five bucks a, ta- a pack. Jeez, you want to go to Washington State? That's all the way down there. But this is per pack, though. See, we're not doing like poundage of. You guys are three bucks, three bucks a pack. Like how bullshit. Wyoming is sixty cents a pack. Tennessee, South Carolina, fifty-seven cents. I that oh North Dakota, forty-four cents a pack. Taxes in North Dakota. I guess the policymakers in North Dakota don't want you to smoke weed, but they want your taxes for your cigarettes to be low as shit. And again, the ignorance of how this tech plants being taxed is just in the states. And I don't know what the feds are dipping their beak in the water for taxing cigarettes. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's not good for the consumer either way for this, but we've got some other state news. We do. We are now going to do the cavalcade of the states that will be releasing licenses coming soon. Tune in to future episodes of Cannabis Legalization News, where we'll cover how to get a license in your state. Which one do you want to cover first? The one that I have up first is Minnesota. So Minnesota. Marijuana legalization bill approved by more House and Senate committees. Nice. Yep. This one appears that it is just walking straight towards passage and being signed into law by their governor, hopefully by May. So another marijuana legalization bill is cleared in another House committee. This is Minnesota House Senate committees. Now, is this recreational or? Oh, yeah. This is adult use. Okay. House file 100. HF 100. It is, to a certain extent, it really reminded me a lot of the Illinois application. So Mm -hmm. if you're in Minnesota, Get your checkbook out, and uh, it's going to probably be like a fifty to a hundred thousand dollar application, from what I've been reading in the actual statute. Which, what am I supposed to say? No, make me be able to do it for five grand. Come on, numbers are what they are, man. You got to survive. But Minnesota be dope to have a recreational. I think the snow places be cool, camping, and it's going to be freezing up there. I went to Minnesota once in February. I don't recommend it. Oh. It's like negative 20. Oh, hell no. Oh, yeah. Just, that's what I'm saying. I don't re- recommend it. Now, this hasn't been completely done. We've already reviewed a lot of what goes into the Minnesota application. I don't know if I have that up on our blogs or if that blog's going to be hitting over at CannabisIndustryLawyer.com in the next week or two. And so when it does hit, you'll see it going on. We'll share it on the internets, maybe do an email about it. But when that goes and becomes law... It really is a dense application and you need a lot of stuff. Almost as much as you need in Florida, about as much as you need it in Illinois. Yeah. And we got Oklahoma's votes coming up. Oklahoma, that's coming up real soon. You ever seen the Saturday Night Live skit where John Lovitz and they're like, it's the wedgie contest and his only answer is Oklahoma. Because the, the wedgie goes. Oh, but yeah. yeah that was <laughs> a good one, I'm sure. No, it's classic. So uh, Oklahoma, though, the, you guys got a lot of, uh, besides, I think right now you're going to see a lot of people in the community who are patients fighting legalization, just like they did here in Washington State. But it's inevitably going to come. This bill's not too bad, but you know, right now you got the Oklahoma GOP leaders urge voters to reject marijuana legalization measure on ballot next week. But yeah, why? We'll see about that. We'll see why? about that. I don't know, because they will politicize a gosh darn flowering plant. That's why. People in this country will politicize anything. They will politicize a ham sandwich because you shouldn't be eating ham, by the way. But that's just me being like a a, a terrible hippie vegetarian. 
I think with Oklahoma, though, part of the thing is one of the other stories that, that we shared is the religion thing, right? That's coming up later. That's why people are sticking around. We're going to talk <laughs> about God and pot later on. You're, oh, yeah, that's right. But it's true, though, predominantly in the Bible Belt. This is why you got that. But I, how I see it, though, is it's the, uh, the ignorant leading the ignorant. Is that the best way to put it? Because the blind using... leading the ignorant. Yeah. I mean, the they don't know where using... they're going. And they can't see it out. Nor have a plan. But yet, I just, I don't know why there's so much animosity against this plant just being... Oh, they, I got it. They thought of the children. That's oh. press releases. Talk about thinking about the children. Let's go here. Two of the group's biggest problems with the legalization initiative are a provision that would allow renters to consume weed on a landlord's property. And second, mm -hmm. much more importantly... A disallowance of evidence of marijuana use in child custody cases. Oh, children. Under SQA 20, courts may not test for marijuana use and would, in fact, not be allowed to consider use when determining the best interests of a child. You see the silly tweet by the uh, Oklahoma rep? Oklahoma has seen marijuana use skyrocket, hurting our communities and families. Protect our kids by voting no. But, like, where are your, where's your examples? Where's your fact-basedness. I don't know, but the OKGOP OK at official OKGOP OK unanimously voted to urge Republicans to vote no. In reality, SQA20 is a cornucopia. And that is what they actually use. The cornucopia uh, <laughs> that a cornucopia that provides only delights for the marijuana user to the detriment of other citizens. I would have been able to read that easier, but evidently everything in a tweet is a link to the tweet. And he had to reload. But this is horrible. So, like, according to Oklahoma GOP, all the patients are dirty hippies. You know what I'm saying? This fear-mongering about how Oklahoma has seen an increase in, in, in marijuana use or whatever, it's all BS. Because in these patient communities, they're very tight-knit. And they're very, especially how it was in Washington State, is how it is in, in Oklahoma right now. Now, they're going to have to evolve quickly to a recreational side of things because I don't know if they're still going to do the same openness like with the lounges they have now. There's so many events and you know, things going I, on. I think so because they talk about this being a cornucopia that provides only delights for the marijuana user. Yeah, yeah that's why you legalize cannabis. So to delight the marijuana user and as opposed to arrest and incarcerate the marijuana user. Exactly. Like where is somebody being hurt right now? Where is the societal boundaries being crossed because of legalization that happened? What's it been now? Two years, three years in Oklahoma? No, Oklahoma preceded Illinois, at least when it came to medical cannabis, by mm -hmm. one year. So Oklahoma will be celebrating its fifth anniversary oh God, of being a freewheeling open market state. Whereas Illinois, mm -hmm. in a few months, will be celebrating its fourth anniversary of being such a cloistered state that I shit you not. My client opened that one. I think that was the first one that was out of Chicago in downstate Illinois for as a social equity dispensary. I want to say there's maybe four in the Chicagoland region. There's one craft grow open. So we're talking about a handful of licenses, five to 10 tops that are actually open for business in four years. Damn. But it's just so frustrating. Again, it's greed. It's ignorance that's stalling the progress like in texas there's what you told me there's only two yeah three three but, and there's no weed it's it, the texas program is hemp yeah it's, it's 
I mean, it's gas station weed is what it is. It's not even booty weed. Not even. Okay. Hey, we got some good news out of North Carolina, though. And I also, if you want to take this North Carolina one, I'm going to do a little Googling about Kentucky because I saw something on Kentucky floating around the internet, but I don't think it made it into our stack of stuff. Closest thing out. I got a pop-up that's... Oh, okay. Here you can can just share that one. And it's North Carolina Senate backs legalizing pot for medical use. Yeah, no, this is great news for North Carolina, but... I'll read the article. North Carolina Senate voted on Tuesday to legalize marijuana use for medical purposes, giving strong bipartisan support for the second year in a row to an ideal that its supporters say would give relief to those with debilitating or life-ending illnesses. After little debate, the chamber voted 36 to 10, which that's nice, to give initial support to legislation that would create a structure with physicians who essentially prescribe marijuana to the patients if they believe the health benefits outweigh the risk. Awesome. It's not bad. And North Carolina's is also a limited market state with only a select amount of licenses that are going to be available. It won't be as expensive as Texas. And in my opinion right now, Texas is the most expensive license, followed second by Florida. Then probably third is the Connecticut social equity one. After that, we'll see about this North Carolina one. And then there's some other ones like in Alabama and in Georgia that are ridiculously expensive. And it's just a terrible industry because you have to throw all this money at it. There's not very many patients. And at the end of the day, all you're allowed to do is make hemp, like CBD oil. I want to see my review of the North Carolina bill that was there. And we'll see how this turns out. If it's starting, it's there. It's in North Carolina. And we're going to do Kentucky next. It's in the South. Sure. Bible Belt. And so it's coming. But in North Carolina, they allowed cannabis. They weren't doing this whole low THC thing. For my initial review, could be wrong, but I did skim it over the past week. If Oklahoma becomes recreational, I can imagine the domino effect that's going to happen there, right? Because first off, we we said it before, what is it, the Kansas Federal Reserve, right? In that area of the country, Mm -hmm. when they noted the cannabis industry, just the medical side, was bringing their second largest revenue generator. Oklahoma's self-diagnose bill is one of the reasons why, or like no diagnosis. So you see a doctor, you get a... I would say they had the Washington model that we had, right? And then people got greedy and saw the profit. Now farmers are paying 25% tax, whereas this Oklahoma bill is actually quite fair. Fair would be like, say, 2 or 3% because keep the bills the lights on but what are they at seven i think that's like the second lowest one out of all these legal states and now we can oh this is a shitty article out of kentucky okay good there's some more meat on this one as we do turn to kentucky by the way did you know that kentucky and north carolina might be legalizing medical cannabis we might be getting close to legalization north carolina and kentucky are legalizing medical cannabis there is a medical marijuana bill and it's gotten a committee assignment in Kentucky. Wow. This is H, no, this is SB, Senate Bill 47, introduced at the beginning of January. And it was finally assigned to a committee of licensing and occupation. Did McConnell die finally or something? Good. He is not in the state legislature. That's great. Kentucky. I think every state has the potential to have these bills and reform going on. Progress. I don't know why that word's so fucking dirty to some people. 
we all get on the same page and move forward with this. The revenue, the I hate to say it, the taxes, the the debt, all this stuff. It can help and reprioritize. You know who crime, what crime is. Just the domino effect from just legalizing this plant versus the prohibition side of things. Mm-hmm. And we'll, where were we? What has it been made better? In this Nothing. World? And like. We might not have a show next week or we'll have to tape it because I will be driving to Oklahoma on Sunday next week. So I'm really hoping that they legalize. I don't know what polling looks like. We'll know. But the medical program is going to go on unabated, whether they legalize it or not. Hopefully I'll have a nice trip out to somewhere between Tulsa and OKC and check out a farm and maybe sign up a new client. I think the Oklahoma cannabis vote really real soon, too. Oh, it's Tuesday. It's holy schmacky. Get out the vote Tuesday. That's the other thing too, right? The way they did this, the governor didn't want it to be on the the general election bill. You actually got to get out and vote. So go do this, <laughs> Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go do that, Oklahoma. And then let's check out this. This is the HB forty seven unofficial copy. However, it is being enacted in the General Assembly of Commonwealth of Kentucky. Did not know Kentucky was a commonwealth, by the way. This is going to be their medical cannabis bill. It's 155 pages. When I see the Bible Belt and medical cannabis, I always do a control F and then search for low THC. Okay, good. I don't see it. Great, great. And then how about THC itself? Okay, just once. That's very true. They must be using Tetra Hydro. Okay, so it does appear 21 times in this whole act. These things. Oh, wait, wait, hang on a second. Okay. They do. They have a limit here. Acquire, possess, cultivate, manufacture, deliver, transfer, and supply, dispense, or sell raw plant material with Delta 9 THC content of more than 35%. You may not, as a licensed cannabis business, sell cannabis that has a THC over 35% or a concentrate. It looks like they have a concentrate limit of 70% or a, an edible with 10 milligrams, but that's... A, Fairly standard dose for an edible yeah. milligrams. 35% is 99% of the flower out there. I don't really believe it when I see a, no, that's over 35. And that's what I was going to say is those numbers, even though they seem like the fact that you're putting any kind of restriction on there, they're actually pretty, because again, the percentage of flower is very questionable. 25 is one. I think that's the high, but until there's this. Yeah. The next whole hash, the caches are going to be. But then uh, some of the vapes, those vape pens, I was good in the 80s. And oh, maybe yeah, yeah. even the low 90s of the THCs. But it'll be easier to titrate and control than it would be a flower. You know what I mean? Like, unfortunately, it's going to have shitty concentrates, period. But it'll be easier to uh, have hash. And so that's, yeah. hash is under 70%. Uh, it'll be a legit or key coins. There'll be all kinds of options that just not as much fun. So you'll have to have. This, that's so funny how the rules themselves limit the product, right? Like here in this. Tell you what the funny part is. That's a bill. I'm going to give that to the people, the associates, and then, or the law clerks. <clears throat> and then we're going to rip that up. We're going to get some content out about how to get your cannabis license in Kentucky and figure out what's going to go into that application. Because I bet it's going to be really complex and similar to an Illinois style. It's, I just don't see the South being as freewheeling as Oklahoma, where it's like, $2,500, here's your license, bro. That's the thing, man. There used to be, like, the, we think the South is, like, cannabis ignorant, but they were actually, 
but I've said it before, like we don't know all the good smugglers because if you know who all the smugglers, that, that's a shitty smuggler. So I think there's been a tight networks because there's been a weed coming through and in and out of the South and for years since I was a kid. And by now I'd imagine with modern day tech and the internet and all the social boundaries being broken. I just don't, I just think that it's the old money that's still holding on tight right now, right? Still got the old money has always been holding on tight and it has no intention of letting up. If anything, yeah. old money's like, how did these poor people get all my money? Take it from them. Yeah. <laughs> just, you can't play. I, I want all this, but. That's right. You have to play my game. Oh, we have some funny news. It's international a little bit. And then it also has some privacy, which I think yeah. is how they say privacy in Britain. But before we do that, maybe we should take a small moment out of the news to play everybody's favorite game. Name that straight. Do it. Let me grab my pipe. I was working <laughs> the stuff last time, so I didn't get to take a break. I'm trying to oh, and then we got to wrap up because we do have a 420 somewhere that we got to go film that'll be dropping next week. Or maybe we'll just hold it and drop it next Sunday if I get, because I, I got some stuff that I got to get off my desk this week. So I don't know if I'll have a chance to record. Oh, but great. name that straight. There's that strain. Oh, that's pretty. That is a pretty one. That one is so week six, uh, maybe a flower. Week seven, commercially grown. Is fat or like the grower? That is that is not his first rodeo or her. She's a pro. Oh, that's a healthy yeah. one. That's a healthy one, and this is a very popular strain. This is not a legacy strain. Maybe this strain's got to be at least 20 years old, but it oh. does have a name. It's not a land race. It's probably a, a cross of some land races. And the hint really is that this is, it's a little too soon to play. Because <laughs> there's been a lot of these. <laughs> That's good. I'm mean, not insensitive of you to have this strain, especially <laughs> if you're in Ohio or in Greece. Oh my so, God. Uh, that is the, the hints, which will probably allow that to, to get called really easily, unless the viewers that are watching or listening in their commute haven't been listening to what's been going on in Ohio or Greece, because that train <laughs> has a name. And in Greece, the uh, leaders actually were like, hey, we're sorry for our shitty regulations. We'll fix that was hysterical. And there we go. There it is. That's a train wreck right there. It is topical. But at the same time, it is a little insensitive. I so fucked up. That's infrastructure. That's, that's okay. the infrastructure. And do I still have my little bitly that I can pop in there? I don't see that bitly. <clears throat> yep, put that in to the show notes at the name that strain so that we could say, hey, you can find it here at Homegrown Cannabis Co. But let's run right on over. The etymology, that is not the right word, but uh, you're right though. This is not a, uh, like we, we would say a uh, land race or whatever. It, I've smoked train wreck as a kid, or at least came across the strain, but it's old. Enough. I want to say this strain's got to at least be 20, if not 25 years old. Yeah. It, it's three land races crossed together. It's Mexican crossed with Thai crossed with Afghani. And so there we go. This one high THC levels. Oh. There we go. According to popular belief, there was a train wreck. Oh, it's actually, maybe it is a very appropriate one for us to be taking. 
a train wreck near the idyllic town of Arcadia, California, during the 1970s, close by two renegade mm-hmm. marijuana cultivators, grew their crop well out of sight of those nover- nosy neighbors in prying eyes. Therefore, they created a strain called train wreck in the 1970s. Purportedly. That's amazing, though. That's the great thing about cannabis stories and smugglers and things like that. Eventually, we're going to get to the point where these are just going to be tales of the past. Some people are still living it. And not only that, it is North Carolina medical approved because the THC levels go as high as 20%, meaning that you could oh, yeah. you could do whatever you want to that to Drake and get the best production you can. And you still got 15%. Yeah. But again, if you see a 3% weed, I'd question it. I would as well. I would. But they give you a whole mess of information here at Homegrown Cannabis Co. about trade rec. And I, it may, there's a link to it in our, our link tree. And you can find our link tree in the description below. So if you want to learn more about train wreck and get yourself some beans to try at home because it's legal where you're at, check it out. You want to talk about God before we go? No, let's talk about privacy and then we'll talk about God. Oh, privacies. Yes, the privacy of Henry. And Don't so, look at me. Uh, hang on, it's, I have to get up the other one because first we'll talk about the Royals. We never talk about the Royals on the podcast. Never. Prince Henry, the Duke of Sussex, has said marijuana really helped him cope with his mental health struggles. However, while he was speaking this evening, he said that cocaine did nothing for him. Go figure. He went on to say marijuana is different. That actually really did help me. And again, this is the Duke of Sussex just trying to get some privacy. As you maybe had seen, I'm not sure how long this will go. This will probably go straight to a commercial, so we aren't going to get a copyright strike there. But uh, the final walt to Harry and Meghan's reputation in the U.S. was the South Park skit. If you have not watched the South Park skit with Harry and Meghan trying to get privacy. Yeah. They've been on point lately. Like, their toilet paper one blew my mind. But you can <laughs> buy that toilet seat on Amazon for like 400 bucks. The whole conspiracy theory, which is, wow, you're right. There's so much trees and paper. Like, there's billion-dollar corporation. I looked that up. It's a multi-billion dollar, that we are literally flushing billions of dollars of American trees down our toilets every year. And the Japanese are like, would you like us to put some warm water on your butt? And then here's a blow dryer. Oh, even in the, the let's say Middle East, I, they use the little washer thingies and not toilet paper. Toilet paper is an American thing, but also to replace toilet paper or for trees would be hemp. There's that. But then we're still flushing billions of dollars of hemp on our toilets. <laughs> so like that, those billions of dollars, again, it was a $400 toilet seat on Amazon that does all the things. And it was, they were making fun of it on South Park. They called it the, and so it's called yeah. the Toto. And so it's the okay. Toto brand of, of toilet seats. It was hilarious. Hey, I'm not above getting squirt in the butt. I'm just saying, I just can't afford it. I don't know, man. All I'm saying is that it was funny. And then you look yeah. it up and it's actually true. Yeah. And then you're like, wow, that's South Park right there. Ma- mocking us about how we waste money when there's a much better system that well, you could be using. That Prince William thing, though, him talking about drugs again is, again, our perceptions of drugs and how they are, what, how do we utilize them and how we know our own bodies. Like him to say cocaine is different than America. No shit, Sherlock. What were you expecting? 
Were you going to be all amped up and, and go clean the house when you did cocaine? Were you trying to find a better self? That's dumb. That, that's like the opposite of what most people know about cocaine. If you're trying to find inner peace and all that other shit, try a little salad Try a little weed. And then there's spiritual characteristics of these here plants. To wrap it up, we are going to be doing something about the next week coming up as it is election week in Oklahoma. If you're tuning in from Oklahoma, do please come on, drop yeah. us a comment, give us some likes, some love. Yeah, give us the comments, tag people, and then you know, Step whatever, whatever stuff is. But it's God and pot, both sides, cite faith in Oklahoma's recreational marijuana fight. This is from Religion Unplugged. I just can't get over how people who say they love that neighbor and all this other bullshit are the ones that are against it. That's something that was brought here by the creator. You can make all the arguments, right, on either side mm -hmm. for some fictional cartoon character. But what are the arguments that they're using on one side versus the other? And so that's the stuff that I wanted to see on that. So yeah. Michelle Tilly says, faith drives everything including her fight to legalize recreational marijuana in her home state. She doesn't talk about her faith publicly, but she comes from a family where they were always doers and helpers of other people, but they don't advertise by it. I tell you, that's that modesty that those Christians have. <laughs> right. I'm not going to tell you how to live, but... Then where's the religious opposition to it? And so now we have a tweet from the Oklahoma Baptist to, to counterpoint that tweet. On March 7th, Oklahoma will vote on SQ-820, which legalizes recreational marijuana. Oklahoma Baptists have produced resources for churches that show why Oklahomans should vote no on SQ-820. They got to do it. The Baptist said so. Wait, let's, let me get the infographic. They got an infographic. Let's do that. Okay. Pop up that infographic. I'm going to talk about how, wait, where's the, do I have to copy something? This That's one? the thing he's clicked on. I got it. Let's see. Just the one. Just say no to SQ-820. Okay, here's a silly infographic. All right. I don't know where you're getting it, so pop it up. Oh, there we go. Did you know, according to news sources, Oklahoma currently has more than 2,300 marijuana dispensaries. Okay, there's these are reasons why people. not to, right? There's only 4 million people there. Yeah. In Oklahoma, there are more marijuana dispensaries than number of gas stations or more than number of Baptist churches in the state. No. So they feel outnumbered. They feel outnumbered. Despite being one of the most which may be one of the least populated states that allows medical marijuana. Oklahoma has the most dispensaries of any state in the United States. Open market. And then they're, they're, okay, yeah. State question 820 would expand marijuana's already huge presence in the state. It would not. It would not. Mm -hmm. like, I don't think the licensing process has been acknowledged yet, right? Like, they're just, this law is going to be coming to be effect saying, okay, now these are the rules of the game. And then I think all the medical players, because they've already squished the entry days, you know what, last August, you know, that was a cutoff for all the licenses in the, the Wild West of Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. There's more. There, there are more tweets. The chair of the committee is forming his former governor, Frank Keating, and he says, protect our kids for no on 820. No on 820 is a political organization, and they have opinion on 820. They want you to vote no. And the chair of the committee is the former governor, Frank Keating. And he has this wonderful quote, which gave a tweet like everything does nowadays. We simply must protect our children. This state question goes well beyond the ballot summary. Voters will. If they really cared, people of religion were really trying to help their fellow citizens and do a thing. 
Right, dude. As someone who's been advocating for legalization, I've I've first when I first got out of the military, I was like, all right, let me just see what find all these horror stories going on of all these stoners. Couldn't find anything, and then as states been legalizing it, the proof is not there. Right, like these religious beholes and politicians could be like, all right, we have a hundred horror stories right here. All the car accidents because of weed, or all the shootings. Or at least because you're regulating it as the same thing as heroin or opioids. It's a schedule one, this cannabis plant. Why are the ravages of the opioid epidemic, 100,000 deaths a year in America, and cannabis is goose egg? You need to like, you need to like scare people into articles about how cannabis contributed to their psychosis when they've completed suicide, but they really tipped their hand here. Who's funding no on 820 in Oklahoma, a coalition of community business and law enforcement leaders. Yeah. Yes. And then uh, the former governor, Frankie, that's it. Just one example is the hidden inside the question is a clause that expressly lowers the threshold for child endangerment. It includes a prohibition on our court system from considering marijuana usage in child custody and visitation cases. Yes, because people that are getting divorced are whiny little bitches and they will use anything they can. Oh, yeah. And to hurt the other person and to get control over the children, including cannabis use. And so. I've seen that before. I don't do that thing, but like when I first became a lawyer and then like yeah. I was doing more pro bono stuff and public aid law, it happened. And now they don't have it. And so they shouldn't have it. And people are shitty. But again, where is the examples? Where is the, just give me the thing to look at and see and be like, okay, this is no shit. These reasons stand by for the law enforcement's next reason. We won't know who to arrest. That's not a real reason. It is not a real reason, but we do have to wrap this up. Maggie and I have got a 420 somewhere that we're going to be hitting up. It is a federal appeals attorney. She is a criminal lawyer, Elizabeth Franklin Best, an experienced criminal appellate attorney. Great, because I don't know much, if anything, about criminal law. Chancery, sure. Some court procedure, of course, but mostly corporate. I'm just a guy who pays for lawyers if I ever need one. Yeah. You are an expensive expense. I get some days. You have to pay for a lawyer. Hopefully not today, everybody. Have a great Sunday. And then check out the next video. We will see you when it's 420 somewhere. Thank you for being a legalizer and watching it. Next week might be this video interview that we're having. And then I'll get back from Oklahoma. So if you're in Oklahoma, give me a shout in the comments. Oklahoma.